Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. On May 23rd... I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount Plus. Fans, welcome to Morning Footy. Susanna Collins alongside Nico Cantor. Charlie Davies back at the desk. Alexis Guerreros. We got Jenny Chu back with some headlines. Hi, Chuck. What's up? I missed you. I missed you guys. Mm-hmm. The kid is back. You're uh, back just in time to uh, discuss some scintillating action from the I can't U.S. Wait. Women's National I can't team. wait. <laughs> Are you ready? I'm ready. I need you to bring the good vibes today. Always. Okay, because I feel like we're all feeling a little bit like womp womp after. When did- Chuck one, ever one. bring Lost. other vibes other than good. <laughs> I'm t- you guys haven't seen Chuck DZ. Yeah. But good vibes, still good oh, vibes. Oh, still, still, still good vibes. vibes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so let's chat about the uh, the big match last night that we were all paying attention to. Uh, Women's World Cup, the U.S. Women's National Team taking on the Netherlands. This is a rematch of the 2019 final. Um, and unfortunately for the U.S., only manage a 1-1 draw in this one, snapping a 13-match unbeaten streak at the World Cup. Um, it was another performance, I believe, that I think we all feel left a lot to be desired and an interesting choice from, from Vlatko Antonovsky using the same starting 11 that mm. he did in the match against Vietnam. I think yesterday we had all discussed that we thought Possibly there were going to be some some changes, and yet uh, there weren't. This is a look at the stats from the game. Um, U.S. only with 43% possession, but 18 shots, um, only four on target. And it took a Lindsey Horan goal in the 62nd minute um, off an assist from Rose Lavelle, who did not start. That was a question that we had heading into this one. Um, and they weren't able to secure at least a point in this, but... I don't know, Charlie, for, for you, um, especially taking into consideration the starting 11 that, that Vlatko put out, um, what's, the, what's the big takeaway for you from this one? The big takeaway is the Netherlands took control of the midfield and they controlled the tempo. And so when they could play out of tight spaces, they high pressed, they made it difficult for the U.S. They made the U.S. play predictable football and, and that's not the style that this team should be playing. They should be... They should have some more creative players in the midfield to take control of the game. So you have Sophia Smith checking. You have Sophia Smith dropping deep. Alex Morgan getting on the ball, not having to be so much relied on for whole hold-up play. They aren't running the channels. They aren't being able to play different types of ball in the attacking third. And the Netherlands were, were comfortable. Mm-hmm. 
they they had control of the game. They weren't very they weren't really threatened. The U.S. were resorting to taking shots from outside the box or or shots where they there weren't great opportunities. And so, for I think for the Netherlands, especially in the first half, they were like, "Hey, we got this." There was no panic from the Netherlands in any instance. And players that stood out to me were were Brooks on the left side for for the Netherlands. I thought, you know, she's 19 years old and plays for PSV. I thought she was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jill Roard, obviously, with the goal. But yeah. just signed for they, they were just, they, they, they play hard. They, they were tough tackling. But what was so impressive to me was the way that they could play out of tight spaces, no matter who was coming up uh, to, to press them from the U.S. They really, their pulse never trembled when they had to maintain possession against the U.S. And not many countries in the world can say that they can hold possession at times dictate and feel comfortable on the ball like the Netherlands did against the U.S. Um, moving it from, from left to right, Gronin in the midfield, the one that was the starting point of the attack and getting Rohr involved and Nick and Martin with their slalom runs, the, the run that led to the goal. Um, on the other side, we were super curious. It, it was the most intriguing point going into the match how much Vlatko was going to change. Yeah. And he changed zero. He, he put the same lineup from the first game, and I think that tells you where Vlatko's mind is at. And he believed this was his base. This was his base team, obviously, with Rose Lavelle, not 100% yet. But there are questions on certain players going into the next game. And now it becomes who has a bigger goal differential because Netherlands mm-hmm. can blow out Vietnam you can't in that, just in that rotate final the whole game. Squad. No. Right, and, and it's Julie Ertz. Sorry, let me just finish sure, my point. Is, there's there's question is, is Julie Ertz going to play center back the entire time? Oh, my God. Or is she going to pop that. into the midfield? Because Andy Sullivan hasn't convinced me uh, whatsoever but in you wouldn't, in, you wouldn't, you, you in wouldn't gain anything in terms of playing with Julie Ertz as a midfielder. Okay, she's but she's relied on some tackles and, and aerial duels. If a team's not playing like that, like the Netherlands, right. you're not gaining anything. But if, by, you, want, right, if you want her if you want her experience and her leadership on the pitch, then I kind of agree with Nico. You Andy Sullivan, we've tried it, we've seen it. Time to move on from this, as far as I'm concerned. If you need to get Julie Ertz in the midfield or on the pitch, it's got to be a defensive midfielder. It can't be at center back. I need to see a center back pairing that cares or that, that works together well, not this experiment. But, and also, hold on. Okay. And if we're going to talk about Rose Lavelle, fine, she's not ready for 90. If you know you're going to put her in at the 40, uh, for the second half, yeah. then give me a first half that experiments in this midfield. This midfield, I, we handed the midfield to the Netherlands. That This is not a good midfield. This is not... There's no dynamism whatsoever in this midfield. This midfield was built to simply stop. And you have an incredible set of forwards. You have incredible – I mean, Crystal Dunn is incredible. When she moved up in the second half, you saw a completely different uh, style of game. Slight adjustments, nothing major. I want to see something more in this midfield. Why is Ashley Sanchez, Ashley Sanchez not been mm-hmm. given a chance? Maybe she doesn't start. I don't know. But I would have given her the start if you know you're going to bring in Rose Lavelle in the second half. I, I would just say – in terms of a clear identity and philosophy, you saw that with the Netherlands. From the U.S. women's there's a national system. team there's per- a system. Per- perspective, you don't know. But for a little while style. now, this is, this is not just yeah, a yeah. World Cup thing. But it was evident in this game. Yeah. This is how we're going to play versus the U.S. saying, I- I'm not sure what, how we're going to break down teams. What, what are our strengths besides just lumping the ball forward or playing wide in the channels and just whipping balls in? How are we trying to build out of the back? And you, you, you just didn't see that. And to, we, to build off of you, maybe Ashley Sanchez could play a six. Who's to say that you need the experience 
and a veteran on the pitch like Julie Ertz. What you're we, suggesting is is experimenting, making a change. That's what I mean. It's what right. we want. He made one sub, w- one, one sub. substitution, mm-hmm. the entire one, game. And Are and we that, at all worried that there's been one shot on goal and it's a and it's a goal? Are we at all worried I mean, it, about that? It, there's it, zero it ha- saves. It happens, but my issue is that they're not scoring enough. You can concede once on that one shot against the Netherlands, their top opposition from Europe. Fine, but. The U.S. got a goal off of a set piece. Right. That's it. And, and they had 11 was, corners. They had 11 Sophia, to Sophia, one. Sophia Smith, Trinity Rodman, Alex Morgan. Why are we not getting the best out of them? Because, because they're not getting as much because, service. Because, and, and not only that, also, I, I'm having a bit of an issue. I'm starting to have a little bit of an issue with, with the fullbacks not getting high enough, not allowing Trinity Rodman. Give Vlaco oh, a... Oh, he did move... Fox, Fox Crystal done a bit further up. A bit further up, but all defensively she was culpable for, for the goal, I mm-hmm. believe. Um, but to offer that dynamism on the wing, to offer that, that sense of confusion in a defense where you know that it's not just going to be Sophia Smith running at you or Trinity Rodman running at you, that you're going to have an overlap and you're going to have to have two options to defend. The 2v1 on the wing to, to create that, that shift, that unleveling in, in, in a defense. And... It it needs it needs to be better. It needs to be sharper. It needs to be with. They have to play with more tenacity. The headline that here first is half was was just the lack of intensity was. The headline here is the Netherlands alarming. were not even slightly scared, Mm-mm. and that is a shock to see. The U.S. Women's National Team used to put fear. This was the '92 Dream yeah. Team. What do you mean every fear? This, okay. this, this is the Netherlands. It was in the World Cup final. I get it, but they, so even, when, even in the World Cup, no, even in the World Cup final, they were not nearly as confident as they were last night. This was a "Don't worry about it. We'll be fine" level of confidence that they didn't have in the World Cup final. And I'm not saying the Netherlands should be super fearful that they they can't keep up with us. They clearly can. But there was a "Hey, you got to watch out for this player, and you got to watch out for this player." Yesterday, none uh, of that. At least it was, it was a little bit unexpected that Netherlands imposed more than they did. Yeah. I don't think too many people had on their books that that the Netherlands was going to hold the ball as much as they did and and have the U.S. chasing when they moved. Yeah, and they wanted to completely erase the narrative of of this being a rematch of 2019. They didn't care. And they wanted to take out Lindsey Horan. They wanted to really, really annoy her. Okay, so Lindsey Horan, the lone goal scorer. Charlie, I'm looking at you. Any any positives to take away from, from this one that we can... The, posi- on the, the positives are you got a result. You, yeah. you battled back. You were down a goal. So from, from a team's perspective of not, not letting up and getting back into the game, they did that. Yeah. And they probably should have got the winner at the end because Netherlands were on their heels for the last 10 minutes. I think Rose Lavelle coming into the team, that's the positive. You got 45 minutes under her belt. She looks more fit. She's great with her set-piece delivery. With her in the midfield, that changes the dynamic. And, and maybe yeah. that's what is needed. Maybe that's all that's needed. But I think I'd like to see a little bit more rotations, opportunities for Ashley Sanchez to get into the yes. game, Alin Williams to get in the game. Uh, just go for it. You know, Vlaco needs to sometimes say, you know what, I trust in this team. Mm-hmm. I trust in my substitutes to come in and be game changers. They don't need time to get into the game. They know what's and at stake. He said, that about, he said yeah. that about Lynn Williams. He said he was afraid to bring her in. Yeah, this is a world Because cup. it might take her a minute or two minutes, to adjust. In the last what? 10 minutes, did it make a sub? This is a right. World Cup. Yeah. Right, right there. Put, put your players in to win yep. the game. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, well, the U.S. and Netherlands now tied at four points in the group, so suddenly that match against Portugal um, looking pretty darn important. Yeah, um, and hope that the Netherlands don't blow out exactly, Vietnam. Exactly, which they are entirely capable of doing. We're taking a break. Headlines are next. Don't go anywhere. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Guys, guess who's back? Jenny Chu wow. is back in the studio with We're some back. headlines for us. I missed you. I feel like I haven't seen you in like a month. It's been a while. I'm so happy to be back with you guys. Shall we get to these headlines? Let's do it. No. Oh, uh, Nico always bringing the heat. <laughs> Sorry. The Lionel Messi wave has hit Major League Soccer, and while he has convinced friends Sergio Busquets and Jordi Alba to join him at Inter Miami, one player who won't be joining them this season is Luis Suarez. The Uruguayan striker had been heavily linked to joining his former FC Barcelona teammates in Miami, but reportedly couldn't get out of his contract with Brazilian side Gremio. Gremio manager Renato Portaluppi confirmed last night that Suarez would stay with Gremio at least through the end of 2023, meaning the earliest Suarez would join Messi in Miami would be in 2024. And from one star staying in Brazil to another heading there, Colombian playmaker James Rodriguez is set to join Sao Paulo on a free transfer. Rodriguez has struggled to find a club home since leaving Real Madrid in 2020, spending single seasons at Everton, Qatari club Al Rayyan, and most recently, Greek side Olympiakos. The 32-year-old joined Sao Paulo on a free transfer after being released by Olympiakos. Another former Real Madrid playmaker looking to revive his career is Isco. And the Spanish midfielder has secured a free transfer to La Liga side Real Betis. Wow. Isco spent last season at Sevilla where he managed two assists in 12 appearances. He joins a Real Betis side that finished in sixth place in La Liga and will continue in Europa League. In other transfer news, Saudi Pro League giants Al-Hilal are in the midst of a spending spree and have set their sights on a third big money midfield addition to join Sergei Milinkovic-Savic and Ruben Neves. According to multiple reports, Al-Hilal is closing in on a move for Italian midfielder Marco Verratti, though their offer is still well below the nine-figure fee PSG is seeking for the 30-year-old. And while Al-Hilal is making progress in signing Verratti, the PSG star they were hoping to land has rejected their advances. According to multiple reports, Kylian Mbappe rejected Al-Hilal's attempt to meet with them to discuss a proposed $1 billion deal. Al-Hilal representatives traveled to Paris to complete the $66 million transfer for Brazilian winger Malcolm and had intended to meet with Mbappe to present their offer of up to $776 million for one year, but Mbappe reportedly passed on the offer and the chance to meet. Mbappe is heading into the final year of his contract with PSG, and the French champions are expected to sell Mbappe now that he has decided not to sign a contract extension, with Real Madrid reportedly being the only club Mbappe is interested in playing for. Charlie, we heard you in the pre-meeting, the yes. pre-game meeting, and you said you would jump on the offer that Al Hilal <laughs> is offering. Kylian Mbappe, I'm not oh, sure. Damn. Damn. I'm not sure anybody wouldn't. Um, mm-hmm. But are you surprised that he wouldn't even take a meeting? I'm I'm a little surprised in the sense of when you're offered that much money, that much money, a significant amount that is ch- gonna change the, f- the future of, of multiple generations. Hence, I would get on that plane and go. But I think for Mbappe, he's making a point. I'm not going to Saudi Arabia. I still wanna play Champions League. I still wanna be 
playing in competitive leagues within Europe, and I have a job to do at PSG. I want to achieve the most I can and until my contract runs out. I didn't offer me this contract with PSG. PSG have been throwing money around for too long, and now it's come back to bite them. Because if they don't make a sale with Mbappe, they're going to be in some financial difficulties just in terms of financial fair play because they've said, hey, we're going to be losing $200 million if we don't get rid of this asset and you know, recoup the money for the money that they splurged out to get him in the first place. So what does PSG do? Cleo Mbappe has made it clear he's not going to go right now. He's not interested. What can PSG do the in this The only instance? thing PSG can do is play him. That's it. Sitting him is going to do nothing. It's a lose-lose for PSG if they sit him because he sits, he still gets called up to the national team, he's still going to play with the national team, he's still going to be taking in that salary. Fine, put me with the reserves in training. He's still going to train and get called up to the national team. If PSG uses him, at least they can still try and compete for not only Liga, but for the cup titles and Champions League. It gives you the best shot to try and make some noise in Champions League. Without him, forget it. So or you have to play him. Sell him to Real Madrid is the option. You ha then you'd have to sell him for 80 million? All right. He's gonna walk for free. Uh -huh. Look, he, right, I sell him for anything because in six months time you're negotiating with a player who can walk for free. The thing about Mbappé and this Al-Hilal deal is that this offer is probably gonna come at a similar price in 10 years' time. Mbappé has the potential to be a Ballon d'Or winner, Champions League winner, and he should be fighting for that every season. And he knows that in his legacy, these years are critical in, mm. towards building what Messi and Ronaldo did before him because everybody has put all this weight on his shoulders for him to be that person to kind of just take the throne, and now that Ronaldo and Messi are gone, who's, who are the next two? It feels naturally that it's gonna be Haaland and Mbappé. Do you so like he, it? Sh he should be fighting for Ballon d'Ors. He should be fighting. And, do you and in like Saudi the fact Arabia, that he turned it down? Yeah, yeah. Be, but he also there, could have done it. It's a, it's a season. It's essentially a season-long training. He could have done it and donated half that money. Yeah, there's no, there's no income tax in Saudi Arabia. He could have donated half that money to a charity. And I'm not saying that still doesn't I, I get, change. I get that it doesn't change. I'm not saying he has to. But if you're PSG, now, now starts the psychological warfare. Now you bring him in for the last two minutes of matches. Now you make him come to training three, four hours early and train by himself. Now you make him do public appearances. Less left and right, whatever's in his contract, you maximize it, annoy the heck out of him so that he decides he wants to leave early. So you get some more value. He, or you, if he's not leaving now, he's, he's not leaving. I get it, but at some point, you've got you've to fight fire with fire. And at some point, him doing this, and I get that he, maybe he's beloved in Paris, but if I'm a PSG fan, I'm thinking, all right, us not getting that 700 and, and sort of wiping away some of these financial fair play issues we have, now you're starting to hurt the team. The, the team they that you supposedly love. They get 300. 300, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Did you the financial see, fair play starts to balance out because of this deal. Yeah. Did you see that graphic? I can't remember if CBS put it up or not, but it was basically like what LeBron James has earned yeah. um, throughout his career, which was like 500 and some million dollars, and then what Mbappe could earn in one year right. with this Saudi yeah. league, and it was and, like and seven. The, the I mean, is that just, the, the Saudis have so much money that the offer is going to come in 10 years' time. I know, time. I know. When I know, he's done I know. winning you, his Ballon d'Or, when he's done that. winning it's his just, championship. He blows his knee out in two years, it's not happening. You don't know that. We've just seen, we've seen so many players leave sure. for the Saudi league. I'm, I'm surprised that he, he didn't take this offer, but hey. We're going to chat some League's Cup action when we return. We'll be right back.
It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day, in the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount Plus. Streaming on Paramount Plus. You ready, Bob? Well, all right. Audiences are raving. Bob Marley is electrifying. It's the feel-good movie of the year. You dig? Bob Marley, One Love. Rated PG-13. Now streaming on Paramount Plus. Welcome back. League's Cup action last night. Here's a look at the results from Wednesday. We had the Philadelphia Union getting the 5-1 win over Querétaro. New England Revolution, a big 5-1 win over San Luis. And NYCFC, 5-0 over Toronto. A lot of fives in these scorelines. This is strange. Um, RSL lose to Monterrey, 3-0. Leon beat the Galaxy, 1-0. And Tigres upset Portland, 2-1. So we are... About a week into the League's Cup, and I feel like when this tournament first started, um, I think we did a little explainer um, about what this this tournament is. But for those of you that don't know, we're going to give you a little a little refresher. This is a, a month-long World Cup-style tournament. All 47 Liga MX and MLS teams compete. The winners of MLS Cup plus the Liga MX champion receive buys to the knockout round. Um, so that would be Pachuca and LAFC. 15 groups of three teams. Each group plays two games. The top two teams from each group advance to the knockout rounds. All matches being played at MLS stadiums. And the final and third place game is going to take place on uh, August 19th. So that's the League's Cup. It, everything is kind of uh, on pause with MLS and Liga Mejiz right now. But let's chat about some of the results from last night. Charlie, your New England revolution yep. showing up 5-1. What's going on? Uh, well, Giacomo Vrioni has woken up, the DP who's who's – really been out of sorts since he's joined the New England Revolution. He's had a moment here, a moment there, but nothing's really clicked. Now in training, everyone says, the guy's performing. He deserves to be on the pitch. But every time he's got on the pitch, he, he tries to do too much. He's not in sync with the guys. Now when Carlos Heel and Gustavo Bo are on the same page as Giacomo Brioni, you're starting to see a striker thrive. And similar to Adam Buxa when he was with the Revs, a rough start. Hmm. And then he picked it up, mm-hmm. and then my man kept scoring for fun. Giacomo Rioni is a little bit more gifted in terms of playing in tight spaces, uh, uh, more technique with his left foot. Not as dominant in the air or strong, but pretty good in anticipating crosses. Got a hat trick, massive for his confidence, massive for the team going forward. And Gustavo Bo still, still banging in goals for fun. Uh, it's it's an interesting team right now because mm-hmm. they've added Harks, they've added Mark Anthony K. Noel Buck is back in the fold, a young player who's who's really shown um, some some progress. Is this kid Chankalai playing already? Is he training? Not, 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 he's not playing. Yeah. Okay, but, but he's there. He's at the club already. Yeah. Uh, yes, I believe so. Okay. But in terms of, I, I don't even know if he'd break into the squad right now. This this team was dominant, and I think from the Revolution standpoint, for for. Bruce Reina, he's got to be feeling good heading into the end of the summer with a team that 
looks like they can achieve on all fronts. Yeah. So, I was going to ask, you've seen this team play a lot. Mm -hmm. Vrioni, at his best, is doing what? Back to goal, helping get Gustavo Bo open, waiting in those channels for maybe some outlet passes. What, what, because it's hard to really, because he hasn't been playing mm -hmm. all that incredibly well, he hasn't been consistent, it's hard to tell exactly how Bruce wants to use this guy. Well, he's, he's a striker, he's a 90, so he's got to finish. Mm -hmm. And he's, he's got a, a, a pretty decent left foot, so he can curl it. His strengths are getting in the box, making near post runs, combining with Carlos Hill and Gustavo Bo. He, he's, he's got a good sense of, of knowledge in terms of his movements in and around the box. He can play one touch, two touch, but he also, he's not afraid to create his own shot off the dribble. So uh, I think when you, you look at his strengths, it's staying within the box, staying within the 18 and making sure that he, he's making hard runs in the box to get on at the end of service. Chuck, I want to ask about uh, Bruce Arena and the kind of mentality that this team is approaching in, mm -hmm. in League's Cup because it's a, this is the first iteration of, of this version of League's Cup that we've seen. And it's interesting, right? Because it's like basically you're pausing the MLS season to do this World Cup-style tournament. And knowing Bruce as, as well as you do, I mean, is this how, – how important is winning this, this trophy – to him, or is this more like we need to stay in form and continue to compete in, in MLS? Like, where, where are the priorities for, for Bruce? Well, I think it's to compete, one. Yeah. But they added some new players. So Ian Harks has hit the ground running. He has been phenomenal. Where was he before? He was in Scotland at okay. Dundee. And, and I think the Scot Scottish Premier League has, he's clearly developed in terms of tactically and technically being superior than where he was. I mean, he, he's come a long way. Uh, finishing, making good runs, tough tackler. He's really added substance to this New England Revolution midfield. So now you have depth, mm -hmm. is what you didn't have uh, early on in the season. So Bobby Wood has been pushing Giacomo Vrioni. He's kept, kept the DP on the bench. Now it looks like Giacomo is, is jumping Bobby Wood. So Bobby Wood's got to get back into some sort of form and wait for those opportunities as a striker, which only pushes these two to be better. And Carlos Hill is all, all, always going to be the central, sure. uh, the focal point for this team. So, man, it, it's... So Bruce wants Jones to win this. Bruce is, yeah. Bruce is invested. Now, now you have Mark Anthony King. You, you, you are looking at winning. Yeah. You want a CONCACAF Champions League spot. Mm -hmm. That's what you're trying to get if you don't win this competition. Yeah. But ultimately, it's getting in form for the end of the regular season yeah. for, for Major League Soccer because nine teams make the playoffs. So it's almost like every they're going to make the playoffs. The only trophy that has eluded the New England Revolution has been MLS Cup. Mm -hmm. That is the goal. Okay. Nothing There's also else. one of the trophies. It's getting a home game with Messi. That's a huge. Yeah, that's not happening. That's a, that's a Messi. He's not playing uh, And playoffs, I, yeah. think, I think Lionel Messi will play on turf in the playoffs. That's it. He's going to have to. You sign up to play in this league, that happens. Mm. You are going to be on, and no one's going to put grass for Messi to come mm. and beat so you. So Miami's at making home. the playoffs, is what you're saying. By the way, if they do, Atlanta yesterday they put in grass for the Premier League teams at Mercedes Benz, yeah. where mm -hmm. they don't score. For the Premier League teams, for Newcastle, was it Newcastle Brighton? Yes. Yeah. Th yesterday, that, that, they, that's they, fine. They put in grass for, for the Premier League teams. Right. That's not going to happen Newcastle for Chelsea. Messi. Excuse me. They don't do that for Messi. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying. And, and, and that they can't put grass in Mercedes. They, they do it in New England. And I think that's, if I get, that's if not I get a Atlanta. Call, LA United's up putting grass for them. If, if I get the a Premier phone call from saying, David Beckham we'll put and grass. CJ Khaled, I might put some. I might throw some grass. <laughs> no, you won't. No, you <laughs> I might won't. throw some grass. Another one. No, you won't. If you're a competitive owner and you want to win, you're not going to put grass so that 
another team can come and play their best player to beat you. No, I'm saying I would, because I want to win at the bank. You know what I mean? <laughs> I wonder how many <laughs> professional games Messi has played on turf. That's a great question. We'd love to look that up. Over, under three. I would say under. <laughs> Professional with the national team. Nah, yeah, I can't but you play in turf. You play in turf in like Norway, yeah. in certain Scandinavian countries where it gets too cold to like grow grass year round. And that's like probably if Barcelona or PSG is doing that, it will only be in Europe, and they're not playing first round qualifiers, second round qualifiers to play against like a Bodo Glimt. Also. Grass on top of turf is probably more unsafe than just playing on turf. Mm. But not for have your you ever, Have you tendons. ever played on grass on right? top of what? turf? Not for your tendons, right? That's well, what the big issue is with yeah, turf. Just ask Ruben Loftus-Cheeks. He played uh, on grass that was placed on the Gillette Stadium mm -hmm. turf and did his Achilles. Hmm. Can you tell immediately, Charlie, like the it, difference? A hundred percent. There's no bounce. It's, yeah. It just, just dies. And you're like, mm. and mm. It's, it, this, it's sod, so it's loose. Mm -hmm. You slip more. Yeah. Probably with the national team, you played a lot of in the in football stadiums. No, grass on turf. No, no? we played on turf. We played in Seattle. Oh, you just straight turf. Up on turf. Wow. Gillette turf, Gold Cup, both no problem. Hmm? Uh, Nigeria is beating we shall Australia. See. I want two to score one. update. What? Two to turf. one. Nigeria is <gasps> up Australia. We got a score update. Nigeria up two oh, one boy. over Australia. Women's World Cup, um, and we're gonna keep on the Women's World Cup after a short break. We're gonna dive more into the U.S. Women's National Team uh, with Jenny Chu at the desk. Stick around. We'll be right back. Welcome back. We're chatting Women's World Cup. Here's a look at the latest results and the fixtures we have to look forward to today. Obviously, the U.S.-Netherlands, that 1-1 draw last night. Portugal beat Vietnam 2-0. Look at this. Nigeria currently beating host Australia 3-1. And then later on today, we have Argentina taking on South Africa um, at 8 p.m. Eastern on FS1. We've got Jenny Chu sitting at the desk. Okay, Jenny, earlier in the show, uh, we kind of we discussed the U.S. Women's National Team performance against Netherlands uh, last night, a 1-1 draw. I think we were all feeling um, pretty pretty down about the overall performance, but I want to get your take. What was your reaction to the starting 11 that Vlaco put out, mm -hmm. uh, the overall performance? What's your take? Um, also disappointed, also a little bit disheartened. Um, I think that you saying that, you know, everyone kind of felt that way. Uh, contrast to Vlatko Dunovsky's comments after the match. He said that they dominated. I think the quote is, we dominated, we controlled the game. Hmm. So that's a little bit confusing if the game that we're watching, we have a certain take, and then, you know, the, the coach feels different. The last 10 minutes, I'd say, yeah, you, you got, Fine, you did. but you didn't control the game. <laughs> no. Uh, dominate the game. For example, the first half, Lika Martins controls the midfield. Mm -hmm. um, for Netherlands, and the U.S. is scrambling in the midfield. They, they're not connecting the way that you would expect them to. Uh, Rose Lavelle came in, I know you guys mentioned it, but made an absolute difference, and you need her there. I understand there's an injury potentially there that she's not playing uh, full, but that's someone that absolutely is a game changer, and you can tell the moment she's on the field, everything changes. My biggest thing, Susanna, and I'll, and I'll let you speak here, but the lack of substitutions. Mm. I, I, can't, I don't understand it. Where would you have liked to have seen Vlaco make some changes? At what points in the game were you like, mm. we need to make some adjustments here? Halftime. Yeah. I was hoping that there would be some subs at halftime. I mean, and there was like 10 minutes after halftime that Rose Lavelle comes in, so it's not like he waited too long. But if you're going to make a change, make it at half. Mm -hmm. Give them the opportunity to come out differently what was my biggest thing. And when we talk about the lack of substitution in this match, okay, you go away with one point, you tie, fine. But now you're facing a Portugal squad that you need to outscore um, Instead of the Netherlands, and you haven't 
rotated enough for there to be any rest. So it here's a question, too, because as you mentioned, they've faced Portugal next, and suddenly this game is becoming incredibly important because mm -hmm. the Netherlands and the United States are tied on four points apiece. The Netherlands are entirely possible of scoring a ton of goals against Vietnam. Mm -hmm. We haven't seen many scoring opportunities for the United States, and yes, we pointed to uh, you know the Netherlands winning in the midfield battle. There wasn't a ton of service for Sophia Smith or a Trinity Rodman or an Alex Morgan, but Jenny, where, where do goals come from for this U.S. team, especially when you need them yes. against Portugal? I mean, the creativity of Rose Lavelle, I think, is the biggest thing that, that creates opportunity there. I know Ashley Sanchez may also has that creativity to create goals. But one of the things that they changed was that um, Crystal Dunn and Emily Fox were allowed to go higher up the field. And they serve great crosses. And they're, they're an attacking um, addition. I think Crystal Dunn dribbling inside is incredibly important because when she comes inside, then she can then open the field um, playing outside and then crossing the ball in and, and getting some opportunity there. She didn't do that as much as I would have liked to see from her. Mm -hmm. What about the, uh, the Julie Ertz experiment? Because we have been speaking about her. Fully roasting it. Yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yes. What is your take on her and that centered back pairing with her and Naomi Gurma? Would you like to see her take over in the sixth role? Is that an improvement? Is, I mean, Charlie was kind of like, what's... What are you there's getting? No, there's no, what are you getting? There's no upside in terms of right. playing out of midfield if Julie Ertz is your defensive midfielder. If this is a game... Does she need to be on the Back field? and forth and, and physical and aerial duels, tough, you need a, somebody who's a tough tackler to protect the back four. Sure. Yeah. But in terms of, okay, we're going to take the initiative to the other team and have someone who can play those passes in between the lines, someone who can maybe beat somebody on the dribble at times as a six, or just being with the vision to, to find different you would put someone else. types of passes, yes, I would. So uh, I'm curious to know what you, what you think in that situation. Um, I actually thought that at halftime, uh, Juliet should have moved to the six because I thought Netherlands was controlling the game, and they did need that a little bit of physicality added mm -hmm. to the game so the U.S. could kind of serve some or, or create some dominance in that area because I thought Netherlands looked like they were outpacing them. The, the possession was so much better that you needed to knock them off for um, the U.S. to gain possession. So that's why I would have moved Julie Ertz into the six to add that um, physical battle in the center. Um, I understand what you mean by you now need to create. Mm -hmm. You now need to score a goal, so that's a different approach. I was thinking you got to stop their domination because they are dominating as opposed to what Vlatko um, took from the game. Um, I am very curious about the Alana Cook situation. Mm -hmm. And it's yeah. something that we haven't seen. Why have we not seen Alana Cook? I have seen um, some deficiencies in her game, especially in the W Championship, where she gets beat behind a lot. I don't know if it's her read of the game, if it's her speed, what it may be. She gets behind, beat behind. And that's something that I scouted in the W Championship thinking, oof, we, we might need someone else here. But if you've taken her all this way and taken her to the World Cup, mm -hmm. it's because you think that she has fixed that or has the ability to, you know, not leave that as a, as a negative or as a um, weakness for the team. So if she's there as your only two real center backs, I'm just, I'm, I still continue to be confused. I know it's kind of annoying to talk about it, but it's confusing. No, it's, it's, I mean, how do you bring two center backs, only two, and you're not using one of them? And I know Julia Ertz used to play center back, but I still don't think if, if Andy Sullivan isn't providing service, isn't springing the attack, isn't, you know, uh, shuttling the ball to attacking midfielders that can spring that attack, I don't think you lose anything by putting Julia Ertz there, especially if what Jenny said is true in that when you bring Crystal Dunn in, now you have essentially in an, another midfielder that is offering an attack can put defenders on their back heel. You're offering that. I don't mind Julia Ertz sitting back and, and sort of protecting that back line with two real center backs, especially if you're sending up both of your fullbacks. You don't, need, you don't even need it. 
in I don't think you need it, but I'm saying transition. I'm saying it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. Get it? Because it's the sixth position. Come on oh in. Um, come on. Uh, I had it in my head, and I wasn't sure if I was going to say it. What I'm saying is, I don't think you lose anything by removing Andy Sullivan and putting um, uh, Juilliard's there. What I do think is. I, this this midfield, bro, come on, switch it up. I need to see some creativity. I need to see something. And let's not lose sight of the fact that, you know, Trinity Raman's ball doesn't go slightly wide. That last shot, we're, we're winning the Sophia game. Smith. A- Sophia Smith. Alex Morgan, I would trust her nine, sure. n- 10 out of 10 times with the, with the penalty. And she, and she, of course, misses and misses the, 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 the parry back. I mean, these are things that are quite shocking. Normally, under normal circumstances, you don't see that happen. But the, the questions are still out for Vlatko. Jenny, I'll say this. They were, they were left 3v3. Alex Morgan, Sophia Smith, and Trey Rahman left 3v3 because none of them said, we're going to overload the midfield. We're going to control this game, which they did. But when the U.S. did win the ball back, you didn't see the right passes to spring those three. Mm-hmm. Because Until Rosalind you, you, you take that against any team. Those three... 3v3, you say, we'll we'll take our chances every day of the week if we lock it down the back and allow them to play 3v3. But you weren't playing to their strengths. You weren't finding them in in the seams. You weren't finding them in behind. But but it's massive, Charlie, because Rose Lavelle wasn't playing because Mm -hmm. of the injury. And she's the player that you want to look for for those passes. Mm -hmm. She has the visibility, like the, the vision to do it and the perfect pacing of the ball. Like that's who you want putting that ball in. And she hasn't been playing. So that's why you're missing that kind of thing there. And I know we have to go, but I just wanted to make sure that we mentioned Lindsay Horan's mm-hmm. goal. That was a beautiful moment for mm-hmm. her to get hit, to be angry, to use that anger uh, to her advantage and score that goal. And that's a part of the game. Yeah, yeah. two goals for her in this uh, World Cup tournament so far. Um, so her she's, been her a, she's been a bright spot. She has. Heard her teammate going at it. I love it. No, yeah, it's nice. Go. Okay, we are going to take a break. When we come back, we are chatting uh, some Saudi league because suddenly we have a big player in the transfer market. Um, we're going to dive in after a quick timeout. 